next episode of the Home at Advantage Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Hugley, and I am joined by a host of guests today. Um, as usual, Jack Mueller, Seth Gross, um, and then we have Earl from The Open Mat. So how are you doing today, Earl? Just uh, doing great, hanging in there. Uh, looking forward to getting into uh, some fun matchups with you guys. Heck yeah, man. We're, uh, we're looking forward to it. This is like super, super cool project that I'm glad that we're doing because I don't know about, about Jack and Seth, but when I looked at it before, I think I kind of like saw like a, a line for like guys that I, that I personally thought were, you know, the best and ever win it. And I was like, oh, okay, this will go by pretty easy. And then we ended up arguing for two hours earlier this week. So it, uh, I think it's really cool. Um, but how are you guys doing? Seth, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Excited to, yeah, good matchups today, and uh, yeah, things been going well for me. Awesome. I saw the, uh, I saw the boxing picture. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. But yeah, I just been playing my buddy, boxed a little bit. I like to put on the gloves and and scrap with him a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Cool, cool. Jack, you still at the beach? Still at the beach, hanging out. Still bitter about Mike Poeta not being in the second round. It's fine. <laughs> I saw yeah. someone said something on Twitter or Instagram, and they were upset about it too, and that made me feel a little better. So I've seen several people on social media. Gilman and Poeta are the ones that everybody's distraught about, obviously. Um, and, I mean, the Poeta one, like, yeah, it sucks. But, like, those are two – that's a crazy matchup right there. It had to pick somebody. Um, and then, you know, the Gillen one was the wrong choice, but we'll just – we won't even talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> I do oh, too. Man. Like, I don't feel like it's that crazy. You guys are – no. No. Whatever. <laughs> but the one that, like – the one that actually kind of got me a little heated was I think last night I saw somebody, like, put on there how – how wrong and how bad we were for picking Lunas over Bo Jordan. I was like, okay, I saw that. look, like, all right. First of all, we're talking about trying to get the best to never win it, right? So we're not talking about individual matchups. So I think the guy might have been talking like individual matchup, maybe. I don't know. But, like, either way, Mac Lunas had two undefeated seasons going into the NCAA tournament and was the favorite multiple times, whereas Bo was never the favorite to win. You know what I mean? Like, he was awesome. He was right there, but he wasn't ever the guy that was, like, the number one dude everybody was expecting to win. So, I think Are we recording? Like, are people going to hear? Okay. I want people to hear this. My biggest issue with this sport is that no one knows anything before the era of flow. Mm -hmm. And it frustrates me. Frustrates me so much. I can I can't talk to my own teammates, my college teammates, Division One athletes. They don't even know who Jake Percival is. They don't know who Eric Tannenbaum is. It's like, how are you in this sport and you don't know who some of the greatest people to to do it are? Like you you know John Smith, you know Dan Gable, but you don't know like what Kenny Monday did. How do you not know Kenny Monday was a three time Olympian, one time champ, one time finalist? Like go out, learn the sport, and then be able to have an educated conversation. Don't just insult people for choosing the right choice because you don't, you're uneducated. Sorry, yeah. I'm frustrated. Fired me up ever since yeah, I was Yeah, start off with the fire, man. Let's go. <laughs> Freaking fired up. I got an <laughs> issue with people that don't want to learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, that's, it's, 
goes along with everybody on social media saying Colin Moore is going to win. They're all like, oh, it's Colin Moore, Colin Moore. Like, dude, how much recency bias do you have? Like, do you know half of these other names? Because I'm sorry, but like, I mean, he might, who knows, but I'm not putting my money on Moore to win out of all these other dudes. So we'll mm. see. But uh, all right, let's just go ahead. Let's kick it off. Let's get started up at the top. Um, and we have four people on today. So um, hopefully we don't split two two, but we do have the Twitter vote as well. Um, so Jack, could you pull up the Twitter vote on your screen just to see it? I had to change locations okay. so I don't have my extra screen anymore. Um, oh, click the wrong app. But we'll just go ahead and get started up at the top. Sam Hayeswinkle versus John Trenge. Oh man, um, this one's cool. I mean, first of all, Sam Hayeswinkle watches our show. So that is super cool, and he commented on it and liked it. He said it was the best uh, backhanded compliment he ever got to be the one seed of the best and ever win it bracket. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. What are you guys seeing here? Is uh, Seth? Do you where are you leaning? What do you what do you think about these two guys? Um. Well, for me, I mean, Hayeswinkle is going to be tough to beat in this bracket. I think he's definitely the one seed for a reason. Um, Trench and Poeta was a crazy matchup, but I don't think that's quite the same deal here. Um, I mean, I'm leaning, leaning Hayeswinkle right now for sure. Yeah, so we we talked about Trench. Both of these guys are one-time finalists, right? And Trench lost to uh, Kale. And Hayeswinkle, who did Hayeswinkle lose to in the finals? Was it Donahoe? Donahoe. Yeah, Paul Donahoe. Yeah, so Donahoe – I mean, if you look at the finals, like, obviously, you lean more Kale. But at the same time, Hayeswinkle also placed third three times. And Trenge was a three-time All-American. I can't remember his other two places. Two-time finalist. He was a what? Two-time. He was a two-time two, finalist. Two, three, yeah. Okay. He lost to Damian Hahn in the other one. That was the other one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he had the, the crazy, scary glasses. So, Yeah. We got to take that into account. I think that yeah. might have might have slightly edged him out of ahead of Poeta. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Earl, what do you think about this? Well, I'm I'm a little older than I'm considerably older than uh, Jack and Seth, so I can give a little better perspective on some of these older guys, and I'll give you a little more on both of them. So Sam, um, he had wins in two different years over the eventual NCAA champion at his weight class. As a freshman, he had beaten Jason Powell, who went on to win it 2004. As a senior, he majored Donahoe at the Big 12s and then okay. lost to him two weeks later. Um, so then looking at Trenge, he actually didn't get to compete as a freshman at Nationals or in the postseason because of his eye issues. And he had beat the eventual NCAA champion, Mark Munoz, from uh, Oklahoma State and UFC. Um, and then the fine, the uh, runner-up, Pat Quirk from Illinois. So that was probably his best chance to win it as a freshman. And, uh, you know, Jack, you're talking about going back and looking uh, through history. Uh, check out John's finals with Damian Hahn. Um, he was up by uh, – Trends was up by a point with about 15 seconds left. They go to, towards the edge of the mat. Um, Hahn had both of his feet – out of the circle and if John just circles back to the center of the mat he kills probably two or three seconds and probably coasts to a 
championship, but he pushes in instead. They get a restart, and uh, Han has kind of a miraculous, like, Jason Ness-type Hail Mary to win it. <clears throat> so, um, you know, that he was that close from winning that year as well. Um, you know, if I had to pick, um, the numbers go towards Hayeswinkle, but just from, like, the eyeball test, uh, Trench has been, like, number one on my list for – you know, a long time in this category. So you're cool with uh, with Trench over Poeta first round? Yeah, but Poeta, like, he – I had him really close too, so – Like, that um, could have been a finals match. Yeah, so, yeah. so seeing that in the first round, I was like, man, that's insane. Like, I thought Trench was the right pick, but uh, I really like Poeta too. And that's the other thing we've been getting all kinds of heat about is everybody's like, these C's are whack. Like I, I mean, I kind of agree because looking at him like Poeta Trench, that's easily at like at the very least that should be like a quarter semi. But you know that's that's why it's fun too. If we went through here and like just used our thoughts and beliefs to seed this bracket, then there wouldn't be many like upsets and it wouldn't be like many fun or like the fun matches would wait really until later rounds. Like I think it's kind of cool that we did it this way. That way every single round has these like huge, awesome matches. And I mean, at the end of the day, the guy that we believe is going to win is going to win, you know? So it is what it is, but I think that that's a, that's a really strong case for Trench. Um, I think one of the things that I read about him too, is that year you're talking about where he was a freshman or he didn't get to wrestle. You said he beat the, both the finalists. I think he also beat like six or seven out of the eight all Americans. Like it was crazy. He had beaten everybody that All-American, basically. Um, and, and then his senior year, he also beat the two finalists, uh, Rochalt and Stender. He beat them at the National Duels. And I think he beat Rochalt two years – or two times that senior year. Yeah. Man. Jack, what are you thinking? Twitter poll has Tazewinkle. I just want to throw that one in there. Okay. Um, man, I've always viewed – Hayeswinkle is my, like, guy to best to never win it. Um, just unreal statistics. Was always seated very high. Had great regular season. So, he seated 5-1-2-1. I mean, I remember when he lost to Donahoe. Because um, I, I was there. I was at Michigan. And it was pretty freaking, like, I was hurting for him just because – Third, 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 second. Uh, I've got to go Hayeswinkle, uh, but I'm a little guy, so I'll go little guy bias on that one. Um, he's the man, huge fan, so, yeah. Yeah, like, so, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways that we can, like, vote this personally. I think for me, it's which of these guys, like, when you think back about them not winning kind of hurts more. You know, like that's like where I kind of like tend to tend to go. Oh, so we got Jack's Hayeswinkle, Twitter's Hayeswinkle, and Seth. Did you say you were Hayeswinkle? I'm I'm second guess. I'm it, it's going. <laughs> I, gotta, I'm still trying to I was trying to make my vote easier. Um, and Earl, you said you had trends, right? Yeah, I'll go with trends. Oh, man. 
Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put the heat on you. I'm going trench, man. After after oh, hearing no. what he did as a freshman, man. I love Hayes Winkle, man. I think what he's done is unreal, but man, those eye issues and the freaking doing that as a freshman is unbelievable. So the dudes that he's beat, I got I'm switching up. I got trench. How can you do this to me? Hayes Winkle has wins over Matt Valenti, Paul Donahoe, Angel Escobedo. You want to name it? <laughs> probably Troy Nickerson. You can probably name all the national champs from. Hey, did he have? Did he have eye issues, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I'll do it. Oh man! You I mean, talking about good wins. Holy crap! I'm looking at them right now. They both got some crazy wins out here. You guys do realize that this pick would be a whole lot easier if Hayeswinkle had not commented on our stuff and is watching. <laughs> not like I'm going to change my pick, but like, God, man, I, oh man, I so like, it's hard for me because I I didn't personally get to watch either of these guys. Um, I've I mean I've seen matches, but not you know during the time, and it you know coming into this just looking at kind of statistics, it's Hayeswinkle for me. Um, but thinking back about it now, like I, I always leaned more and I, I forgot earlier this episode, but I knew last episode we talked about Trench being a two-time finalist, losing to Han and uh, Kale, I think is a big deal. And I think if you lean finalist, you lean Trench. And then bringing back up that freshman year, like I think that's a big, big deal to where – you had a year he had a year that he didn't get to wrestle that he basically beat everybody you know like that's there's something to be said for that i hate myself i'm going trench I'm going trench i, I got to do it sorry uh oh oh i hate it i'm going to get all kinds of crap for this and i'm so sorry but i i got to i got to do it let's go how angry is Jack right now is the real question. I'm, I'm, I'm about to scream. I'm oh. angry. <laughs> like, holy crap. <laughs> Don't leave me in this position, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's gotta, He's it's like gotta be that way. The best. Huh? He's like clearly the best. So let me ask you this, Jack, if he, if, if Trench would have got third or better his freshman year, would you I would have be... still chosen Hayeswinkle. Why is that? Because he has better wins. I'm not going off losses. We're going wins too. Like you he look almost at it. he almost beat Damian Hahn in the NCAA finals. Yeah, but like, he beat both finals. Hayes Winkle lost in years. overtime <laughs> to a guy that he majored for. Jack, we just got through talking about how he had beaten literally like every single dude in all these brackets. Like the year that he didn't get to go, he beat all of them. Two thousand one twenty five weight classes. Coleman Scott's getting eighth. Coleman Scott is getting that, is, place in these weight classes. Yeah, but Coleman Scott was probably a freshman or young the year he got eighth. Okay, I'll keep going. Angel has to be <laughs> place top five. Matt Valenti gets fifth. Two-time NCAA champ Matt Valenti. He beat Ness in the semis, majored him 10 nothing. Yeah, Jason Ness. Oh, oh man. my gosh. He beats Nick Simmons every year he gets third. 
See, Jacob, isn't this good we're leading off with this one instead of saving it for the end? You get Salty Jack for the rest of the... the (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, honestly, that's the best way to do it because then Salty Jack gets... uh, We get some some good takes from him later. It's better to have him pissed off. (laughs) Oh, man, I hate it. I really don't like saying it. I, I really, really don't because, again, I think this is one that could be a semi or a final match. But, I mean, dude... When I was ranking it, this would have been at the bottom of my list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I guess we could just move on uh, unless anybody else wants to change their vote. But uh, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Um, All right. Next one coming up. We've got number 24, Nick Simmons. Number eight, Jake Percival. (sighs) Jack, are, are you okay talk about this one now because you were the you were gung-ho for both these guys last episode oh my gosh okay jake percival fourth fifth second third started out at 149 the first two years was in some pretty loaded weight classes um with jesse jansen those guys ryan bertine lost to matt gentry from stanford in the finals um joe johnson was in his weight ryan bertine as i mentioned alex carapelli so that kind of era of 157, uh, 149. Nick Simmons, four-time All-American, seventh, fourth, fourth, third, was seeded fifth, second, first, first. Um, both years he took fourth, he got beat by Sam Hayeswinkle. Um, and the year that he got third, he bumped up to 133. And let me see who he lost to real quick so this year. Uh, Coleman Scott, a guy who uh, Hayeswinkle beat. And then Coleman Scott lost to Matt Valenti, who also Sam Hayeswinkle beat. So you got like the mono. So Sam Hayeswinkle beat Sam Hayeswinkle beat the top three of one thirty three in two thousand seven. <laughs> All right, I'll forget it. I'll leave it in the past. But yeah. those are your two guys. All right, um, I'll start it off because I'm not going last again. Screw that. Um, I'm going to go Nick Simmons. I think that. I think the statistics kind of lean Nick Simmons and the the guys that were in his weight class that he both beat and lost to. I think he had really, really good competition and was right there with all those guys every year. Um, and so I'm going to go Simmons because I want to go first. I'm not going last this time. Screw that. I think we'd leave Jack to last and let him see how it feels. But uh, all right. Who uh, who else has got something? Anybody else have any good or a lean in a way? I can Earl, give, what's your take on these guys? I can give you some uh, information on both of them. So, uh, Percival, um, if did you guys watch that uh, ESPN documentary on Iowa from, I don't know, when was it? The, I think it was the season. Um, because Jake Percival was a freshman that year. He was, I think, the eight or nine seed, and he ended up beating uh, Mike Zadick, who was the undefeated number one seed uh, in the quarters, he beat him by 14 points. And, uh, wow. it was one of these, you know, just think of it on paper, freshman from Ohio, senior undefeated guy from Iowa, you know, one of these things nobody saw coming. And, uh, so that was kind of his signature win for his career. Um, Simmons, uh, three-time big 10 champion, uh, for this time period that you guys are looking at, um, only three guys have captured three Big Ten titles and not won an NCAA title. One of them is Colin Moore, 
and the other is Ryan Chirella and Nick Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Simmons also has three Midlands titles. Midlands was, you know, kind of a different tournament at that point in time. Um, his senior year, he started off with a win over Matt Valeni, who had won the title the year before. He beat him at the Michigan State Open, and then he beat Coleman Scott in the dual meet. So he ended up beating both of the finalists, even though he did not make the finals that year or any year. So that's a little bit on both guys. Um, if I had to pick someone, it would be Simmons. I guess I do have to pick someone. So I'll, I'll pick Simmons. He he was a reason, like, uh, you know, Joe Dubuque never made a Big Ten final. Um, he beat Dubuque his uh, – Dubuque's junior year and uh, I think the Big Ten semis. He beat uh, Kyle Ott a bunch of times, who was also a really good lightweight for Illinois. And uh, he was seated first twice going into NCAA. So I'm going to go with Simmons. Yeah, so I'm going to go Simmons as well. Um, just a guy that was always there, put a great regular season together, and then uh, just couldn't get it done in Nationals, I guess. But um, very prevalent on the freestyle circuit as well. Um, just someone that has always been awesome. So a strangler it is. Yeah. All right. So that's that's three already for Simmons. Um, you said the Twitter poll was leaning which way? Simmons. Simmons. Cool. Seth, it's already decided, but what was your pick anyways? Yeah, this is another one. I mean, uh, I'm up in the air about a lot of these, but I was going to go Percival with this just based on the fact that Simmons never made a finals, and uh, Percival did, and I didn't know about that, that match his freshman year, actually. I didn't, didn't know that one, but that was pretty crazy, but he made the finals, and I think that making the finals is, is a big deal and the best never win it. So I'm going to go with Percival, not that it matters at this point. But. Yeah. Cool, cool. So we got a, we, we've set up a Trenge uh, Simmons quarterfinal. That's going to be a good one. Um, that's, a, that's another reason for, for Jack to get salty again next time. But uh, let's just go down to the bottom. So we have our next matchup, which is a, a big one that I, I'm excited to talk about. Um, is Tyler Caldwell versus Adam Kuhn. So, I mean, obviously, this is this is one of the reasons why we're not talking about actual matchups, right? Because Adam Kuhn is a giant man compared to anybody. Um, but we're talking about, you know, which of these guys is the best that didn't win a title. So, this is this is another huge match. Um, what are you guys' thoughts, Jack? Do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I've always thought Tyler Caldwell was awesome. He could have won it in a different weight class, just had really bad matchups. But, um, then again, I need to look closer at his wins. I mean, like we mentioned last time on the show, Adam Kuhn has a win over Kyle Snyder. Um, that's pretty big in terms of the best to never win it, you know? Anyways. And Gwiz, yeah. is he actually? Yeah. It's just hard to go against that. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's beaten other guys, you know, like Medbury. I'm pretty sure he beat, um, yeah, I'm sure. you know, a bunch of other finalists around that time. Did he ever wrestle Tony Nelson? Yeah, he, he beat him his freshman year when uh, Nel I think Nelson had already won two titles at that point. And uh, I remember that, that same year he had beat McMullen, who was a runner-up. 
that was Kuhn's true freshman year. He, he came out and won Vegas and then won the Midlands and was undefeated, I think, until mid to late January and ended up kind of, to this day, I'm not sure what happened, but he went 0-2 at Big Tens and then uh, was a match shy of getting on the podium as a freshman. I think that this is this is a really good one to talk about because you have two guys that were both two-time finalists and both lost to some of the greatest in their weight class, right? So Kuhn, we talked about, obviously lost to Snyder and lost to Gwizdowski. There's fat, five national titles between the two of those guys. And then you look at, at Caldwell, and he lost to Jordan Burroughs and David Taylor, right? So – what is there? There's four national titles between those two guys and, you know, Olympic and world titles. So, I mean, same with Snyder. As far as competition that, you know, as far as who they lost to in the finals, I think it's, it's kind of a wash. So we're definitely looking at more of who had better wins here. Um, and Which is clearly I mean, good. Yeah. Who, who are the better, who are the good wins for Caldwell though? I mean, he obviously had some, but like, like, I'm um, trying to figure out who we can how guys. we can compare it. So, so his best win of his career was 2011 NCAA semis. He beat Andrew Howell. Um, the year before, Howell was an undefeated national champion. Um, the year that Burroughs was uh, medically redshirting, and Howell came back and uh, he got beat up pretty good by Burroughs at the Midlands that year. But uh, you know, aside from that, Howell was pretty untouchable and. Caldwell beat him in one of these horrible matches. It was like a 2-1 riding time tiebreaker deal, but he did beat him. So, to me, that would be his best win. Is it, wasn't that when Howe was hurt, though? He might have been, yeah. Yeah, because I remember he, like, tore his hamstring, like, off. So, that's the only thing that I'm wondering is, you know, that's obviously a huge win, but, like, was that – optimal Andrew Howe or was it hurt Andrew Howe um I think that definitely plays into it and I mean before getting into this bracket Tyler Caldwell was probably just like off the top of my head before doing all kinds of research one of the top guys like I thought for sure this dude's gonna be in the finals just depends on who he's wrestling um but yeah I'll go ahead and start it off I'm 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 going Coon um, I think, like we said, I, I think that it's it's kind of a matchup thing for Caldwell. I think Caldwell beats a lot of these dudes in this bracket, but um, you're matching up a guy against the guy that kind of takes the pros of Caldwell away, right? The pros of Cal- of picking Caldwell Caldwell are his guys that he ran into, like the dudes that stood in his way for national titles are some of the best to ever do it. But you can say the same thing about Coon, right? And so that kind of like neutralizes that thing that that bonus that we think for for picking Caldwell um and when you look at all the other stuff I think it's pretty pretty one-sided and so I'm gonna go Coon how about you Seth I'll jump in there I got I got Coon too say I mean he beat Snyder he beat Quiz he beat he's beaten some of the best in the world and um yeah I just think that that's a big deal and uh shows that he was definitely you know, capable NCAA champion caliber wrestler. So I'm going Kuhn. And Kuhn is also a uh, a world silver medalist after, right? Yeah. I, I don't believe that – I don't remember what Caldwell's career was like after, but um, definitely wasn't on that level. So what about you, Earl? 
Yeah, I mean, out of all the matches, I think this round, this may be between this one and our first one, the hardest to pick between, but I do think Kuhn is probably the, the answer here. Yeah. Jack? Really? There's two on the other side that I am not excited for. But I, <laughs> I have no idea who I'm going to choose. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Kuhn. Uh, yeah. It's got to be. He's got the better wins. Wow, that's that's crazy because I actually, you know, sitting on this call before we, we actually got into it, um, I was looking at the Twitter poll, and the Twitter poll is so one-sided for Kuhn. And I was like, man, like, there's no way. Like, these guys are, aren't going to believe it. And, I mean, we all went Coon. <laughs> so, I, it's believable, I guess. Um, but jumping down to the very bottom, Eric Tannenbaum versus Brian Snyder. Um, yeah. Earl, do you want to give us a little background about these guys? Sure. So, so Brian Snyder, I heard you guys talk about on uh, the, the show before, um, he lost in the finals twice. Um, both of those were in tiebreaker. And at that time, those were ultimate tiebreakers. Um, so you just had the coin flip and you had top bottom you score a point, you win, you ride them out, you lose. And he drew top both times. And uh, so the second time he lost to Luke Becker. Uh, Luke Becker was a guy he beat four times over his career. Um, he beat Becker at the, I think, the duel they had because Nebraska wasn't the Big Ten yet at that point. But they did duel each other. He won. Um, Tannenbaum, he was uh, just really consistent guy. Um, he's kind of odd where I think all his placements were even numbers. So that means he lost his last match every year, however you want to view that. But, uh, you know, his big win, I know you guys mentioned, was Mark Perry. Um, but he, he was just kind of a model of consistency, I'd say. If if I had you know, picking somebody, I'm going to go with Snyder. Because um, he's probably, um, with those early early part of these 20 years, he's probably one of your top guys as far as didn't win a title. For sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Seth. I was just going to say, yeah, I'm going to jump in and follow that right away here. I think this one's a, a no-brainer for Snyder. Um, he's one of the – yeah, he, he's 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 a pretty well-known name and uh, for how early that was. And, yeah, he, he, he was he was one guy that definitely, you know, I think could have could have won a title in his time. And, yeah, it's just I think stats-wise too, he's, he's up and ahead of Tannenbaum quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to follow suit. You guys said it. There is this is probably the easiest one to pick out of all of these, um, and it's no no disrespect at all towards Eric Tannenbaum. It's just that you know it, it's got to be Snyder here. I mean, in the finals twice, losing an ultimate tiebreakers twice. <laughs> that's it's hard to beat that. So, Jack, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna lean Snyder for sure, but to Tannenbaum's credit. I mean, the dude was an animal, went over Mark Perry, was the one seed, went over Mac Lunas, went over Matt Storniolo. I mean, the dude was really good for sure. Um, yeah, I just definitely credit to Tannenbaum. Yeah, cool. So we all got Snyder. Um, I have a question before moving forward. So, um, you know, we talked about obviously, you know, his – Snyder's losses coming in that ultimate tiebreaker. Um, and I think it's a good thing that college wrestling kind of did away with that. 
But both you guys, Jack and Seth, are both kind of known for being good on top, right? And so if you get in that situation, that ultimate tiebreaker situation, what's what's your pick? So uh, for me, it's definitely. I mean, it depends on the guy. I yeah. think there's some guys who are super explosive on bottom and you know if they get a good first move it might be a little a little tricky to hold them down and I'm pretty confident in my bottom as well so I, I think it depends your matchup and depends on situation of the match how how did you ride the guy earlier in the match how easy did you get away so I yeah I don't know it'd have to be a match by match decision for me yeah what about you Jack I'm going top really I think late in the match yeah I'm going top. I think that hopefully I've worn them down just enough to where, you know, I just need one mat return. And I think I can do that. So that's interesting. That's even better than what I thought. Cause so what I was thinking when, when, uh, when Earl was talking about that, um, my brother-in-law actually, he won a state title a couple of years ago, his senior year. And I remember, so he went 52 and one and just destroyed everybody all year. Cause he was just so good on top. Right, like every single match, uh, he's a leg rider, and he was just brutal. We'll just beat people up on top, turn them all over the place. And we get into the state finals, and it goes to ultimate tiebreakers, and he got choice. And I was sitting there in the crowd, and I'm like, oh, he's going top. It's over. He's got it. And he picked bottom. And I was like, like, wait, what? Like, I don't understand this. But, like, I, I think that in that position, I, I'm, I'm interested because you guys said differently, like, it makes sense now looking back um, because he was able to get out, but like it's for, you know, a state title, a national title, whatever you're on bottom. Like there's gotta just be like an extra jolt, right? Like an extra, like, I don't know. Like I just, it was interesting. I'm interested to, to hear that from you guys because I would think in that position, you could really like power yourself a little bit more, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I think tiebreakers, I like not ultimate tiebreakers, but tiebreakers I'm taking down for sure because everyone's going to take down. So I know I'm going to get a chance on top next 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but like ultimate, I just need to ride them for 30 seconds and there's no stalling where you're getting counted on the leg. I feel like it's hard to get out in that situation. Yeah. Um, I could probably stand up with them too and they're not going to give me stalling there either in that time. Um, I think it's I think it's top for me. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. So we got one side of the bracket set. We got the quarterfinals on one side, Trench versus Simmons, Kuhn versus Snyder. Uh, and on the other side, we're going to start off with Mike McMullen versus Chris Flieger. So McMullen's our two seed. Flieger's our 15 seed. Uh, McMullen, uh, it's kind of similar, very similar statistics to, to Hayeswinkle. Um, I think he went – three two three three um i know the numbers are correct i don't know if the order is correct um but yeah i mean he's obviously he's always talked about as one of the best guys to never do it every single time you hear a conversation come up on one of these shows his name is definitely thrown out there um chris flieger i don't know too much about so earl could you tell us a little bit about flieger yeah, so uh, he was a stud out of Pennsylvania, wrestled for Purdue, um, lost to Stephen Abbas in the uh, NCAA semis his freshman year. His sophomore year went undefeated 
into the NCAA finals as a top seed, then lost to Travis Lee. Um, his junior year, I think he took an Olympic red shirt, and then he was academically ineligible the next year, mid-semester. So he was undefeated, like, you know, December, January, and then ineligible. So that's why he's a three-time All-American. Um, another another fun situation to look up, the NCAA semi, or quarters, his senior year against Mac Ryder from Minnesota. Um, this was kind of like your uh, Thomas Gilman, uh, Alan Water situation. Um, Ryder was on top of him. They stand up. And I'm sorry, no, Flieger was on top of him. They stand up. Uh, he's kind of hanging off the side. And uh, Ryder kind of drills him into the mat. And Flieger hurts his ribs, can't continue. So he advances because um, there's a penalty point called. Like, this, if Twitter was around at that point, this was like, you know, Austin DeSanto meltdown. Like, when people were talking about Austin DeSanto, that's what, like, Minnesota fans were, uh, you know, so mad about this match. And uh, he ends up in the semis that night going, uh, Flieger beats the heck out of uh, Sean Bunch to make the finals. And he lost to Matt Valeni. Some years later, I talked to Valeni. And he basically said that Flieger was that dude that you wanted on the other side of the bracket. Like, I, I don't know if you guys ha have wrestled anybody like that, but, you know, he said he's the guy that can embarrass you. And I think at some point he did major Valenny. But um, he's a guy that I've always liked in these discussions that, you know, kind of gets overlooked. Um, so that's uh, that's Chris Flieger. Yeah, I, I don't – I. I really liked hearing that from you because when I was looking at the Twitter poll, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but the, the Twitter poll last time I saw it had Flieger by like a healthy margin. 68, 32. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I, I mean, I've done the research, but like, you know, just knowing statistics is completely different than hearing about, you know, the backstory and everything that happened. Um, what about McMullen? Can uh, anybody talk a little bit more on McMullen? Yeah, I got it. So third, second, third, third. Was it during the time of Tony Nelson? Um, stud, for sure. Um, never really had the greatest regular seasons, though. He was seated 10th, 5th, 6th, 2nd. Um, but he always found a way to come back, get third, or make the finals. Um, the year he made the finals, he lost to Tony Nelson. Um, big stud out of Wyoming Seminary. Um, yeah, I this one I'd be interested to hear how you guys are leaning on this one because for me, you know, I, I've I've always kind of like heard McMullen being being the guy that's one of the best and ever won it. You know, Flieger's name popped up when you know we were researching this for me personally, just because of you know maybe a little bit before my time when I was watching. Um, but man, I, I don't know. I mean, Earl, which way are you leaning on this one? Yeah, it's, it's weird because you mentioned uh, McMullen seeds. You know, uh, I think you guys were alluding to earlier. He was never, to me at least, he was never viewed as like that guy that was going to win the title. You know, he he ended up having some great finishes. Uh, he won the Big Ten as a senior, and that was his first like major collegiate tournament win. Like he didn't win the Midlands or anything like that. Um, so 
I would probably tend to lean towards Flieger, but again, this is another one where the, the numbers definitely, uh, McMullen is kind of your favorite. Yeah. So we're all right. Well, we got Twitter and we got Earl going Flieger. Um, Seth, you're smirking, so uh, you're going next. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go Flieger too, man. I think that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think McMullen's a beast, and what he did was amazing. But I was never shocked that you know I got to watch him a little bit. And I was, I was never shocked that he didn't win a title, and I don't think that. You know, Tony Nelson's a beast. I watched him growing up being a Minnesota guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just think that – I don't think that he has – and McMullen has any huge wins that I can recall. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, where Flieger, I mean, he's beat a lot of good dudes. And, um, yeah, I just I'm, – I'm leaning Flieger. I'm going to go with him. All right, Jack. Yeah, I'm going to go Flieger as well. I think just looking at it, McMullen's best win was Don Bradley in the semifinals at NCAAs. Um, but, uh, I mean, everyone that I kind of, like, respected when I posted these brackets, they were like, wow, Chris Flieger's 15 seed. Wow, Chris Flieger's 15 seed. Um, I wanted to find out – I wanted to know what happened the year that he didn't wrestle because there was two years in between. He was one of the tricky guys that I almost missed because – it goes, uh, it's like 2003, 2004, and then, or no, it's 2002, 2003, and then like 2006 is the next time he wrestles. And so there's like a two-year span where I like, wait, I've seen this name before. I had to go back, look at it, go back, look at it, just because I was, thought I was losing my mind. Um, lost to Travis Lee, like one of the guys that I think was an inspiration to me as a wrestler. Um uh, funny how he was coached by Garland, but anyways, yeah, I think that you lose to some guys like that in the finals. It's uh, it'll put your name on the recognition, give you some recognition. Yeah, and I'm dude, like we we have now knocked off the number one and two seeds in the uh, second round here. Um, but I, I think that that's that's the cool thing about doing this is you know we're really separating who statistically might have been the best to ever do it from like who might have actually been the best wrestler that didn't get a title, you know? Cause like, if you're talking statistics, there's a lot of these guys that a lot of these matchups that should have went other ways, right. Just purely off of, you know, maybe placements. Right. But we didn't like, that doesn't get taken into account when people are just thinking off the top of their head about it. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to see that. Um, but jumping down to the next round, we're going to figure out who is going to face Flieger in the quarterfinal. Um, we have Lance Palmer, who pulled the upset first round, uh, versus Dylan Ness. So this one right here is going to be a lot of fun to talk about um, because I know internally in my mind, um, every time I, I feel like I'm safe leaning one way, I think about something about the other guy, and I'm like, oh, well uh, – and I, I keep going back and forth. So, um, I mean, Earl, do you want to start us off on this one again? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I know we keep throwing you out there first, but no, you, uh, no, I'm good. you know all this stuff, man. So <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. So, you know, Palmer, um, you know, you guys mentioned the two, two of the big things for him last time for me was the, the Metcalf win and then placing in that uh, crazy 2008 NCAA 49 pound bracket. 
Um, he also, his freshman year, he never redshirted and uh, jumped in. He took, he probably has, uh, not probably, I, I'm sure he has more losses than anybody that we're going to dis discuss throughout this bracket. But, you know, a lot of those came in those crazy 149-pound uh, brackets. Um, he ended up as a freshman beating uh, Torella at one point, who went on to make the finals. Um, he, he wrestled Bears. So you, you got to give him credit for that. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ness, you know, he, he was that guy where uh, his senior year he got hurt. And Brian Robuto ended up making the finals. And that was after the Robuto-Ian Miller deal, which is always kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Ness, and had Ness been healthy, he probably would have wrestled James uh, Green for third place, which would have been cool after the James Green match from the year before at Nationals. Um, Ness made the finals as a freshman. He knocked off the two seed, uh, Jamal Parks from Oklahoma State that year. Um, he also beat Tyler Nauman, who was uh, a semifinalist two years in a row. So, I mean, really, there's, there's kind of a case to be made for both of these guys. I don't see one of them being like head and shoulders above the other, but they're, they're both definitely in this discussion as best ever. Yeah. I'll, I'll, go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, I'll start us off then uh, and just go for it. I'm going to take Ness, uh, Minnesota boy. Um, I know Dylan pretty well and great guy, but uh, yeah, he just, he was just so fun to watch, man. And so dangerous and all sorts of positions and the things that dude did when he wrestled were just still to this day, just, I don't know how he did it. And um, he knocked off some of the best guys. And I think every match he was in, he at least had, you know, he had a chance to pin him. And I think that, that that's a big deal. And um, yeah, I'm going Ness. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about this one is that, you know, both of these guys, obviously, like, w there's a whole lot of respect on how good they were, um, but neither one of these guys were ever the favorite to win it, right? Neither one of these guys were the guy that every all the fans were like, yeah, he's going to win it this year, you know? Um, I mean, you know. I think Palmer, I have to disagree. Why? Because Palmer beat Metcalf going into the NCAA championships. But how many times yeah. did they wrestle before that? A ton, but he has yeah. the most recent win. The most recent you win. Gotta but think, you but gotta when it's think. like four to one. I mean, that probably makes you the favorite if you have the most recent win. I don't know, man. Like, so. I would say going into an NCAA championships, people thought Lance Palmer had a better shot at winning that title than they ever thought Dylan Ness had a chance of winning a title. That's probably fair, for sure. I think from a matchup standpoint, he probably matched up better <clears throat> with Metcalf than – you know, uh, Ness would have against uh, some of the guys he lost to. Yeah, yeah. Lance Palmer, his weight classes were absurd. I think if you put him in a different era, he's a national champ. It, so let me ask you this about him. So you said that he never took a redshirt year, right? So if he had taken a redshirt year and you'd kicked him one more year past, right, what, what was that next year? And do we think that he could have won a title if he had taken a redshirt? A guy, uh, a guy, a guy named Kyle Dink. Uh, which, which, that, which that would have been really interesting, you know, to see if uh, Dake would have ended up getting four titles, you know, going through, going through Palmer. Yeah. That was the year that, that Dake lost to LaValle. 
mm-hmm. and uh, he's the fourth seed in the tournament. Yeah, Darian Caldwell was the number one seed also, which is also pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Wow, he didn't place that year. Man, well, what I was going to say, and my thing personally, and I, I agree that, you know, the most recent win definitely, like, puts that conversation. So maybe I was wrong saying that. Um, but even with that, my point is that, that Palmer, you know, aside from that one time, lost to Metcalf every time, right? And the on the other side, for Dylan Ness, you know, every time – so he made the finals as a freshman, a junior, and then – I would love to argue that as a senior, if he doesn't get hurt, then he makes that final too. Um, so as a freshman, loses to Molinero. As a junior, loses to Daringer. And then as a senior, if he would have made it, um, he had already lost to Isaiah Martinez that year. I'm not going to say that he would have, but he had already lost. So three f- – again, he didn't make it senior year because of an injury, but I, in my mind, without that injury, I think that he makes it. And so – I think that those three cases, that's that's three years of, of kind of solidly being the number two guy, but not being the favorite, right? I, I don't think that he could have won any of those three years. Um, ah, man. I don't know. Um, Earl, which way are you leaning on this one? Oh, man, I've been going back and forth. I, gee, I, I'm going to go with Ness but it's like a 51 to 49 deal. It's not like, it's not convincing in my, my. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually Jack, where's the Twitter poll at right now? Because I, I think I checked it really. It's Palmer 55, 45. I checked really? it probably five times. And every time that I checked it, it was 50, 50, it yeah. was 50, 50 every time I looked at it. And I was like, like, is this ever going to break? Um, but okay, so Twitter's got Lance. So we got we got two votes for Ness and one vote for Lance right now. Jack, which way are you leaning? I'm going Palmer. I think the loaded weight classes – I mean, I read it off last time, but I'll do it again uh, for anyone who's new. Uh, 2008, Metcalf, Bubba Jenkins, Jordan Burroughs, Josh Torella, Darian Caldwell, J.P. O'Connor, Dustin Slater, Lance Palmer were the All-Americans. I don't think – I mean, if Dylan Ness cut down, I don't think he places in that weight class. Um, that's just me. Lance Palmer has a win over Brent Metcalf, who some people were saying could have a chance at challenging peak Zane Rutherford. I don't think that's possible, but Lance Palmer has a win over that, that Brent Metcalf. So I don't think Dylan Ness has the same win. Like, would we say Dylan Ness's best win is James Green? Derek St. John. Right. Derek St. John. So, like, even Derek St. John, it's like. He's a two, he's a final, two-time finalist and national champ. Yeah, yeah but I just think Obviously that, like, the weight classes aren't. Like, he's not someone that I think is, like. James Green's a big win, too. He's world silver medalist, world bronze medalist. There's more in there, I'm trying to think. I've got Lance Palmer. I don't think my mind can be changed. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll I, I'm, I hate coming down to me. Um, we'll give it a second and let me think about it. While we do that, Earl, Jack kind of hit on it, uh, and we talked about it, I think, a couple episodes ago. Uh, Zane Metcalf. So, Jack believes that there's not even a, a talk about it. What, what do you think about it? Um, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'd still – be pretty uh, convinced uh, picking Zane. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, Quit stalling. <laughs> I'm trying to stall, man. I don't. So, okay. So where I'm at is that my thing is Palmer, that bracket that he placed eighth in, I think Jack said it last time, that eighth place is, is almost as good as, as a national title. But, but, but who, who did he beat to get eighth place? Because he could have things could have fell right. He could have. You're not you're not letting me get my my whole thought out, Seth. All right, so that eighth place is 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 crazy, right? Also, he has a win over Metcalf, Um, but at the same time, on the other end, Dylan Ness. Again, in my mind, I think that he should have made three finals if you take out that injury, Um, and he. You know, I think that there might be some better wins on Palmer's side. but man, Ness is just always in there with all of them. Um, I can throw out some wins for Palmer if you'd like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear <laughs> so that. <laughs> uh, that that sophomore year, the 2008, uh, Palmer beat Burroughs in Vegas. He beat Bubba Jenkins at National Duels, and he beat Slater in a dual meet. Uh, he um, There's like a clear answer for this question. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's I, I hate this because Ness was like one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, but it's got to be Palmer. It's got to be. Like, you just told me he beat Jordan Burroughs and he's beat Brent Metcalf. There's no way in the world I could pick against a man like that. And Dustin Schlater. And, oh, man. And, and we got a common opponent, too. He beat Molinero twice. I mean, yeah. it's, young, it's young Molinero compared to, you know, senior, senior Molinero. Molinero. Yeah, no, it, it's – that that one was like it is a battle between my my brain and my heart because <laughs> my my brain is saying Palmer and my heart is like I was a huge Dylan Ness fan for years and years, uh, but yeah, it's it's got to be Palmer. Uh, plus, he's he's an MMA fighter and he might beat me up if he ever finds me. I don't pick against him or I pick against him. Um, okay, last two. So the last man, last two are crazy. Um, Colin Moore versus Mitchell Port. Colin Moore's our three seed. Mitchell Port's our 14 seed. But, man, seeds don't really mean much in this thing. Ah, So, the Twitter world, I know for a fact, is going to absolutely hate our guts if we ever pick against Colin Moore because, like, every single person. Twitter polls Mitchell Port. Oh, really? Um, Well, okay, so maybe maybe Instagram. Um, But literally, like, every comment that I get, every other comment's about Colin Moore winning. Um. All right, so I'm gonna. I don't know, Jack. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're thinking? I'm leaning Mitchell Port. Yeah, I I, I don't <laughs> I disagree. Three time All American, two time finalist, only guy, or I guess he was the last guy to beat Zane. Um, and folks, though. I mean, are him and talk about Steve putting the guy at a d- different time and see if he gets a national title. This is like the one guy you want to see. Steber, Zane. Um, who else has he lost? Did he lose to Steber both times in the finals, or who did he lose? Steber to? and uh, Kendrick Maple, yeah. I think. Um, Kendrick Maple was hot that year. Yeah. He didn't get touched by anyone. Um, well, what I was I was thinking is is. Steber and Port, the only two guys to ever beat Zane? I think it might be. I don't think anybody else ever beat Zane. Um, man, yeah, so it – I don't know. Uh, Earl, do you want to give us a little bit of background on, on these guys or your thoughts? 
Okay, so so more, it's really crazy just because the way everything ended this year. But my stat I like for him is he's got 11, I think either 10 or 11 clear, uh, career losses. And only one of those came to a guy that didn't finish in the top three at nationals that same year. Now, you can kind of put a – however you want to view the Kyle Connell losses, but the guy did place third. So that, there's that. The only other loss – was to Anthony Kassar when he was a 97-pounder and didn't wrestle in the postseason. So even that one is – yeah. yeah, so um, – and like I said with Simmons, Moore is a three-time Big Ten champion. There's only been three of them in the past 20 years that didn't win um, NCAA titles. Uh, so then turning our attention to Port, he knocked off undefeated Hunter Steber – in the uh, 2013 semis um, before he wrestled Maple. Um, he also beat Devin Carter um, his senior season. Um, you know, you talked about the Rutherford wins. You know, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hard-pressed to go against more. It might be a recency bias, but, um, you know, Port's, Port's pretty good, um, but I'm going I'm to go with more. Yeah, I I mean, I think, oh, man, it, it's hard with more. So I was thinking about it last night, and right off the top of my head, you know, I think obviously he was the one seed this year. He probably would have won it. But, like, for some reason in my head I, and a lot of other people, I think we kind of think, oh, maybe he doesn't perform at the NCAA tournament but then I, I it's it that's not the case right so I think that 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 Connell match kind of like it made a big splash in my view and a lot of people's views of him at the NCAA tournament um, for some reason I think that he gets a little bit more flack than he deserves for it because when I thought back about it you know freshman Colin Moore made the, the semifinals and who did he lose to uh, is either Jaden or Snyder, or um, may have been uh, Brett Far. Well, couldn't have lost this far. Okay, it was Far. Um, he lost to Far. Um, but then you know he obviously the the situation happened his sophomore year. He's the one seed and he gets pinned. Um, but junior year he, if your name's not Bo Nickel, he destroys everybody. Um, and then this year he kind of walked through everybody and it was it was definitely a different level. Um. He kind of – it wasn't as much of a level jump as maybe a Pletcher, um, but definitely also jumped levels this year and went from a guy that was already kind of above everybody to, like, very clear above everybody. Um, I, But Port, man, on the other end, like, he has so many good wins. And, you know, the only two dudes that, that, that shut him out in the finals, Steber and Maple, I um, – I'm going to lean Port here. Um, I'm going to say Mitchell Port, um, but, man, it's close. I want to change my answer. I'm going <laughs> Colin Moore, and I'm doing it solely because of how dominant he was this year. He kicked the crap out of everyone, and I, I, that was amazing. Uh, I mean, granted, 197 this year wasn't the toughest weight class for sure. Um, but Colin Moore, like, did he, he, like, destroyed everyone. Yeah. I don't remember a match being close. That's amazing to do. That's, like, 
throwing a number one recruit in high school and putting them in a weird, like a bad state like Texas and <laughs> letting them go, let them have fun. Um, yeah, so just because of this year's dominance, I'm going to go Colin Moore. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go Colin Moore as well. And, yeah, it's just so hard, man. This, was se- this dude was second in the running for the Hodge Trophy this year. And, you know, it's hard because, I don't know, I think he should, you know, he would have. I truly believe he would have won this year, and it's hard because of what happened and the situation behind it. That I think that gives him a little advantage versus a lot of these other guys because you can truly say it was out of his control where, you know, these other guys went out and lost and uh, lost fair matches for the most part. So I'm going Colin Moore. Man, what was the Twitter poll at? You said support. Wow. Um, cool. So Moore moves on to the next round. Awesome. Um, and we're down to our last match, which is insane. Um, I think this one, I, I don't know what you guys think, but this one's probably the craziest one of the whole round for me. Um, Montel Marion versus Mac Lunas. These are, these guys both, you know, as far as seeds go, technically upset their, their guys in the first round, but, um, man, Montel Marion, three-time All-American. He went two, four, two. And then Mac Lunas was also a three-time All-American, um, but the one year that he did not AA, he was the undefeated one seed and got hurt. So, all right, Earl, do you want to kick us off again? Sure. So, um, Mac Lunas, that, that year um, that he didn't place, uh, he just had a remarkable hit list. He beat the NCAA champion, Jared King. He beat the NCAA runner-up freshman, Andrew Howe. He beat the third place guy, um, Ryan Morningstar. He beat the fourth place guy, uh, John Reeder. And he beat the fifth place guy, Andy Rendos from Bucknell. He beat him twice. Um, he's also a three time Cliff Keen champion over the past, uh, I think, 20 years. Your only three time Cliff Keen champions are like Zahid, Colin Moore, um, Ben Askren. Um, there's one or two other ones I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's it's a pretty legit list. Um, he's a four-time EIWA champion. Um, there hasn't been a four-time EIWA champion in the last 38 years that didn't win at least one NCAA title. As far as Marion goes, um, he kind of got blocked out of the lineup his freshman year, I believe. Uh, he had, I think he was a 33-pounder at that point. You had Dan Dennis and uh, Joey Slayton was the returning NCAA runner-up. He kind of went between 33 and 41 that year. So um, and even at the beginning of the season uh, in 2010, I don't think people penciled Marion into the Iowa lineup. You had Dan LeClaire, who was a pretty solid guy there for him, and he ended up winning that spot. Um, you know, he – he was inches away on a couple occasions from uh, taking out Kellen Russell at uh, Nationals. Um, I don't know, depending on who you may talk to, you, you may say that he got the bum end of the deal, um, especially if we're talking to Iowa fans. But, uh, you know, he was definitely definitely up there. Um, for me, it's, it's hard to go against Mac Lunas. Um, he came into the 2011 season as the top guy in the country. And he ended up getting passed by uh, Ed Ruth at the Southern Scuffle when Ruth beat Lunas and uh, Chris Hendrick to kind of uh, 
show who he was, but uh, I'm going with uh, Loomis. Yeah, I, man, I, there's different arguments for both of these guys that I think they're so good. Um, I mean, the guys, you know, I, I, I kind of tend to harp a little too much on the losses and, and Seth gets on me about that, but the uh, Montel Marion, you know, the two dudes that he lost to in the finals were Kellen Russell and Kyle Dake. All right. Kyle Dake was a seven, three match um, pretty handled, but he lost in overtime to Kellen Russell. Um, and his year he got fourth, he lost to Kellen Russell, I believe in overtime also in the semifinals. Um, and so he was just always right there, man. And I mean, it's it's hard to overlook the fact that he was right there. And I think it's also something that's really cool to say that you're talking about his sophomore year when he made the finals, he wasn't even penciled into the Iowa lineup at the beginning. I think that's crazy. Like a dude that like, you know, maybe the weight class was kind of up in the air or something and that ends up being NCAA finalist. Um, but, you know, looking at Mac Lunas, it's really hard to pick against a guy that had two back-to-back undefeated seasons going into the NCAA tournament as a one seed. Um, so I, I'm going Luna's here. Jack. Um, I got Mac Lunas as well. Um, I, I just remember thinking like this guy's going to do it for sure this year. This guy's going to do it for sure this year. And actually, if you go back and look at the bracket, the year that he didn't place, um, he lost to Ryan Patrovich. And Ryan Patrovich actually wrestled my brother in the next round uh, at NCAAs. And then Keegan blew it because he teched Patrovich earlier in the year and then he lost to him to make the quarters. But um, yeah, so I've always, I grew up watching Lunas stud always at the top of his weight. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go Lunas as well. I mean, same reasons. He was, he was, he was a guy that I was shocked never wanted and I watched him a little bit and, uh, yeah, he he's he's gonna be a hard guy to beat in this bracket. I'm looking forward to him and more more next time. Yeah, what did the Twitter poll have, Jack? Uh, Montel Marion. Okay. And um, a post one. Yeah. Well, man, these these matches are gonna be crazy. I think that it's like, man, it it really is getting really hard um, because some of these guys that we're picking past, like we all pick Lunas right here, and I again. Montel Marion, Mitchell Port, um, who's the other one? Like Caldwell, Hayeswinkle, obviously. Like half of these dudes, I feel like we could put in other matches and would would knock some of these guys out. So, um, man, I I'm really excited to get into this next round, next episode. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Earl, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, I think it was cool having you on because it was like a podcast inside a podcast. Uh, just letting you go first and listening to everything you had to say. Yeah. Uh, but we really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man. I've, for whatever reason, I've studied this topic kind of extensively over the years. So uh, if if I have a little bit of a wheelhouse, maybe this is it. So I, I have a lot of fun. And uh, I was excited when initially I saw you post the bracket and say you're going to talk about this. Heck yeah. Well, I, we, so we didn't even see that you guys had over at the Open Mat had – come out with a uh, a top guys in the last 20 years to never win it so we definitely should have should have found that and and used that but uh it would be cool to hear you guys talk about it too so if you guys ever do it we're we're right there listening um 100%. absolutely but 
thank you very much for you guys coming on. We really appreciate it. Jack, Seth, as always, pleasure. Um, and I look forward to next round. So thanks for, for tuning in and listening. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms and just say a, a five-star rate and review on, on Apple Podcasts. But we appreciate it. We'll see you next week for the quarterfinals. <laughs>